Why did the octopus beat the shark in a fight? I don't know, Cat. Why did they? Because it was well armed. Oh my god. That's <laughs> terrible. That's good stuff. I love it. <laughs> well, hi, everybody. How you doing? This is Contagious Curiosity with Cat and Laney. I'm Laney. And I'm Cat. And we're super stoked to have you guys listening today. It's going to be a super fun episode, and we're talking about stuff that we care a whole lot about, so we hope you guys care about it, too. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, um, if you've listened to us before, you know, welcome back if this is new. Um, This is just one of those off-the-cuff episodes that we're going to be doing that really benefits a personal interest that both Lainey and I have. Um, Let's be real. That's kind of the entire point of this podcast. That is the entire point of the podcast. (laughs) I'm going to be just We're kind be of talking about shit we care about. We don't give a shit about what you care. About. It's nice that you're here. It's nice. <laughs> you're joining us on our ride. Is it that nice? <laughs> oh, I love this for us. <laughs> I'm actually going to be discussing uh mine's more of a kind of the end all topic fun of the episode where we're just going to be talking about general gardening, the positive effects that it can have on mental health, both indoor and outdoor, of course. Um, while Lainey here. Yeah, it is springtime, as most of you know, and if you've been paying attention or looking outside whatsoever. Um, and so we're going to do like rebirth, regrowth, re-awesome, blooming, fun stuff. Everything's great and coming up roses, gardening, and fungi. Mm. About that mycelium. I'm pretty excited about this too, because, you know, I'm a huge gardener myself, and fungus and fungi uh, is not something that I know nearly enough about. I have my, my how to's and my wildlife books of, you know, what to look for in certain aspects, uh, but I've never dove as deep into it as I have, just um, more of a well rounded sense of gardening. Um, but. On a positive yeah, note, there, there's way too much to learn. Like the, so much. the whole world of mushroom and fun guy and everything else is so freaking massive that it, it's it takes years and years to a lifetime to fully understand. Um, and a lot of people have dedicated their entire lives to studying just mushrooms and fungus. And so we are basically going to be barely grazing the surface of any information but it'll be fun and well that's useful. that's a lot that's a lot of our episodes really very true um i know absolutely nothing about gardening i am currently killing a succulent um i have an <laughs> ivy that is i don't know how it survived it just keeps going and i keep just like thanking it for deciding to stick around because i'm clearly not doing the right things but it's just like i'm holding on i promise I'm waking up it's every fine. day going that's really great i'm glad you're still here thanks for that oh you're still here thank you thank you um so on a lighter note we actually do have a guest um during this episode this is uh somebody near and dear to um laney and i's hearts um this is my best friend jason Hey, everybody. Uh, Jason and I grew up together um, in our rural area of Maine. Um, Lainey as well. She's, of course, we've discussed this a million times before, uh, a few years behind, while um, Jason and I graduated high school together and have remained close friends ever since. We made it. We did. We made it. Um, It's pretty adorable. And we thought it would be fun to bring Jason in on this episode because he lives in a more urban area of the state, and so he grows a lot more of his... His vegetation, his greenery, his happy place is indoors, um, and he 
he and his partner have done a remarkable, remarkable job at maintaining full green life in such a small space. It seems seemingly small. It's a great, great uh, large apartment, actually, but still a small space for all the greenery that they have. And so yeah. I wanted to have him with us it's so that gorgeous. we could discuss, um, I don't know, just the fun of that and what that might entail and how it's benefited his mental health as well. So. And I also just want to let you guys know that if you hear incessant meowing in the background, my cat is being extra needy right now and just clawing up my legs. So I apologize. And he's there. Yeah. Say hi, Ramsey. Sweet little Rams. <laughs> and of course, if you hear a large panting um, of a dog-like creature in the background, it's only me. I just had a Subway sandwich. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I haven't. I haven't. Um, but um, actually, since um, we have a couple more minutes before we're really going to dive into things, let's discuss about what we're drinking this episode. Oh, oh, this thing, this thing right here that I made. Yeah. So Lainey, it's pretty delicious. What the hell are you drinking? <laughs> um, I call it a, um, what was it? It was something like summer in a glass. Basically, I found a recipe online and then I tweaked it to my own because everything in the grocery store is like not stocked. Um, so it's, it's been fun. Um, so it is vodka delicious and then i muddled some strawberries in with it cut up some mint they did not have a package of mint had to buy an entire mint plant um in order to make this drink so it's it's pretty fitting for this episode that i now committed you have a mint plant plant because of of the drink because you got to make sure to keep trimming it too because you don't want it to get too leggy Oh, I'm, I'm putting it in everything. It's going to have, like, no leaves in, <laughs> in a week. It's bad. I'm just going to overuse it, and it's going to die in my Harry Potter cup. And it's, yeah. it's Well, this is a great foreshadowing of how Lainey takes care of, of other living things. It's terrible. All right. Anyway, so muddled strawberries. And then, of course, you got to add some simple syrup. Get that sweetness. And then a little bit of apple not applesauce, apple juice, and then I topped it off with some <laughs> schweppes. Imagine applesauce. <laughs> I'm sure it would work. In a Actually, it might work in some. It might work in some it drinks. Might. Yeah, like a sl- I would want a straw so I could hear the <laughs> <laughs> like get that you know that that chunk that shoots to the back of your throat. And you just go, oh, oh, wake. <laughs> And yeah, so you got some some Schweppes seltzer on top to give that a little bit of a, a feed. When you drink it all together, like what do you think of? What does it make you feel? Like it's very springy, summery. It's oh god, Ramsey, um, got a whole lot of mint in there, which is very nice. You like that? You like? Can you see his tail? Yes. Like, yeah, it's like, like a periscope. <laughs> Such an asshole. It is. It is. It keeps curling back and forth. Oh. oh well um so jason actually made my drink tonight we went to the store together and uh, picked up um some ingredients but he made mine it was kind of a brainchild of mine i wanted something sour so wh- what exactly did you do Gross. to mine to to make what you did um well as a whiskey sour packet right i know i know i didn't realize that that was not a common thing maybe that's just like a like a dirty poor thing but I, <laughs> it definitely was a sour packet. I've never heard of it. It's a packet. I've never heard of a sour packet, and I've been a bartender before, so I can't tell if that's my inadequacy or, or poor, or like you know Maine just being like you know what, people do too much already. We're just gonna put it in a packet. Yeah. Um. So is that, uh, you add water to it, like a jigger's worth, and then lime Bacardi. 
um, raspberry lime seltzer. Mm. Was it a raspberry lime? Yeah. Raspberries, lots of lime juice. Um, I think that's it. That's pretty good. That actually doesn't sound too bad. I was really concerned about the packet. The packet. Well, I don't... I remember getting I remember getting the packet um, years ago, and that the fact that they were still selling this, um, and I I thought that this was quite normal. Is what is it? Is the sour normally a liquid? Something that like what's this? What's the sour? Yeah, I've always just used like a sour. Um, God, I can't remember the name of the brand, but you can get it like almost anywhere. It's just a mix. Yeah, like, I've just never heard of like a powder a mix. Staple in a a well at a bar. But yeah, yeah. The packet's kind of just weird. like a Bloody Mary mix or. Yeah. Yeah. And what what did you mix for your drink? Because yours is far more fruity. Um. Well, you know, obviously. Um. It is the same Bacardi lime, and then I did cranberry and pineapple juice. Lots of limes. Can I taste it? Yeah. There's not much left. <laughs> That's okay. Mmm. Our last episode, we had, um, oh, that is very sweet. Our last episode, we had um, some beer, uh, and before oh, yes. before then was Natty Daddy's. So we've, yep. we've, had, some, we've had two episodes. We've had beer of, only. Yeah. I don't think I'd allow Natty Daddy's in my house. So. Okay. Cocktails. So, yeah, yeah, Nick is I don't not think I'd allow Natty He's Daddy's. He's tried to, to ban it before, and I've just been like, who do you think you are? banning natty daddies from me it's you don't have that kind of control it's a part it's a part of laney and i's friendship to be this disgusting at all times exactly it's a staple like it's not i don't like it i'm not enjoying it it's not like mm, the sweet nectar of a natty daddy it's just like i feel like not caring about anything and you know what i might as well show my body that in a terrible way and just pound a natty daddy for 99 cents get one today okay well um probably too much and i could go on for way too long so i'm gonna try and keep this concise uh and (laughs) to be honest when kat and i first started talking about doing this like green and gardening focused kind of episode i thought it would be super fun to just do like basic fungi facts but i really didn't i did not know that it was going to lead me down such like a dank and mushroomy rabbit hole so um, I love how I love how you just pulled a <laughs> you just pulled a tiny Tina you just pulled the tiny Tinas oh, yeah <laughs> this yes. doesn't look very danky all right well all the trees have died and now mushrooms are sprouting up from the ground is there is that good enough for you <laughs> I mean I am like my main character I am playing as a spore warden so I, I know feel like yeah. this all is coming together really nicely yeah. yeah and if you guys haven't played Tiny Tina's Wonderlands you're missing out and oh, you seriously it's cross platform and play with your friends it's fun anyway again (laughs) um yeah so there is actually a giant subculture when it comes uh to like mushrooms and hunting them they call themselves where is it i had it um mycophiles oh dude yes yeah yeah they are incredible they go they're all over the world and they have dedicated their free time or some people their entire lives to studying foraging cultivating and of course eating all of these mushrooms and there are seven different annual mushroom festivals all around the u.s um and including the fantastic forage mushroom festival held in laconia new hampshire i was just gonna ask were any of them in on the east coast oh yes there's one in pennsylvania and there's one in new hampshire all the 
other ones are um, on the west coast and so i mean (laughs) this one's happening september 24th through the 25th i'm just saying write that down if anybody wants to go yeah write that down (laughs) i would love to but that's like right when i start school school yeah school Speaking anyway. of speaking of the mycophiles, before you get right into it, I just want to point yeah, out yeah, yeah. that there are flourishing groups on Facebook for mycosexuals. Oh, yeah. oh, you! If you think Facebook has got a group, don't go to Reddit because you will be grossed <laughs> out. Oh, I bet you! I don't know. I can't imagine that I'm actually going to be grossed out by it. In fact, I'm only fascinated. People who are like sexually, like sexually not necessarily attracted to mushrooms but the mushrooms and the mushroom foraging and the act of being I in mean, the woods bring out like this the whole ecophile in them like they bring a out a mushroom like, is the sexual organ of fungus well, yes so yes exactly they, i mean and people take on to a mushroom classy, it well, is technically a sexual organ they so. take quote unquote classy nudes and people do a lot of really artistic artistic <laughs> nudes with mushrooms and it's a whole it's a Ooh. whole subculture it's yeah it's a it's it is it is it, oh, it, 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 yeah yeah it's a i bet yeah. Do you think people grow like mushrooms down there, like on purpose? On on themselves. Yeah. I feel like you would have to like like a bed sore. You wouldn't be able to move or function. You can't just grow mushrooms like, on your body unless you're sitting there doing nothing and you're just. You would literally have to be decaying for yes. a mushroom to grow. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's technically possible. Isn't like gangrene something like similar to that? No, gang. It's not quite, but like gangrene is a type it's of a fungus. nasty ass infection it is an inf- it, is, it, it is a it is a fungal infection so there you go ladies and gentlemen you too can grow your own mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> yeah like i was saying there's way too much to learn here but that's also kind of the point of this podcast so you're welcome you know like expanding our knowledge and finding things that we want to learn more about and that we thought we knew about but turns out we know nothing about uh that's that's kind of the fun of it that's really the and point. if we spark anybody else's interest to like do their own research or learn something that they didn't know they had an interest in boom we've done our job that's what we're here for all right <sighs> cracking my knuckles here we go <laughs> So I don't know if you guys knew this, but fungus is the oldest organism um, on the face of the planet. Around 4.5 billion years ago, fungus came out of the sea and created the fertile soil, which all life has grown from thus far. And fungi are, like I mentioned before, they're decomposers. So you would have to be dying in order for mushrooms to to come and grow on you um, or just decaying rapidly. And... Uh, they so they take care of the entire forest and like the t- entire ground if something is dying and decaying boom mushrooms come they help break that shit down and put those nutrients that was once in that living plant or that wood or that you know bug animal whatever it was they take all of those nutrients break them down and put them back into the soil so that other plants other trees other creatures can then eat up that nourishment they are freaking incredible it's they, really so the healthiest sign of a of a functioning happy ecosystem and exactly a, a, bi- yes. a, a biodiverse ecosystem is mushroom growth when yes. yeah if you don't have that that fungus in there your your stuff is not being fertilized you're not getting that super dense nutrients you need of things being broken down and then as the yeah. circle of life my, yeah you need that shit. my first terrarium my big terrarium in the five gallon um container that i have 
uh, when it started sprouting mushrooms, that's when I knew it was about like four or five months into the whole process. Um, and that's when I knew I had a good diverse yes. ecosystem forming but i also had things are thriving spring tails and isopods in there like decomposing and helping with <laughs> yeah helping with good. the whole rotting of it all it was wonderful exactly. it really it still is a wonderful thing to watch it's it's officially matured uh a year and a month now so oh yeah it's fantastic that's awesome but yeah you you need anything that is hydrocarbon based boom fungus can come break you down and you are repurposed again so i know like there are some people who freak out over the thought of like is there an afterlife what is happening what happens to my body and some people who are like i'm gonna be cremated because i don't want worms eating me but that is literally the greatest thing you can yeah. do as a person is I'm to all, go back the into the earth and have the worms eating you like that you are actually fulfilling a purpose that helps something bigger than you yourself you selfish asshole yeah and anyway. throw me in a compost <laughs> barrel and rotate me once a year Uh, so it's it's including in us like fungus is already living in us right now as we eat and breathe because you know the spores or mushrooms let out zillions of spores septillions of spores and they we breathe them in plus we need them in our gut in order to to take care of things so fungus is actually its own kingdom like the animal kingdom fungus is its own kingdom because it is so freaking huge and they are the most common species on earth like i said it's insane so there are over 1.5 million different species that's six times more than plants than plants Twenty thousand of those species produce mushrooms which like i just said are the sexual organs and so you know they, they don't have seeds so instead the mushrooms spread all of their they septillions out. of spores yeah. yeah into the air and that's how they populate i've seen these most of I've us know that but really in-depth like close-up videos that mm-hmm. of like a spore it's like it's almost like a sneeze like the yes. the mushroom just like drops for a minute like this shake and you can see all of like what seems like dust it's particles so satisfying. fly up and away it's wonderful to see. And then you and realize then, and imagine that imagine that billions of times over. Exactly. Imagine <laughs> the, it's speaking. The, is that what you said? No, I said it's semen. Oh, semen. It's semen. Oh. <laughs> semen, she says. But because, you know, of the role that mushrooms and fungus and, you know, fungi plays in our world, there are, you have like these two very polarizing views. Like, it's really cool when you say the word fungus almost anybody like you're going as a person you have one or two things that pop into your mind typically it's either um you know a beautiful little mushroom that maybe you could eat or a deadly mushroom or dank gross mold so you either have like nourishment from a yummy mushroom or death and you know like danger so yeah exactly so with just saying the word fungus you actually um you trigger one of the oldest parts of of the human brain evolutionary wise is you you either spark that food or fear and danger um like reflex and it was just one word which is really cool and it depends on um yeah the the documentary i was watching said that it really depends on like where in the world you are um is depends on what your relationship with fungus and fungi is is like the europeans are more terrified of it and then you've got the mayans who literally worship like mushrooms as as deities and these incredible does it uh, does it have something to do with uh, the type of species that exist 
per continent or do you think well, that there's it has something well there's else? dangerous mold and nourishing mushrooms everywhere 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 it's it just depends on the soil and almost every place has soil except the desert and even then you way deep underground you got the mycelium working so it throughout the desert yeah because mm-hmm. it's it, yes it's it's in oh well it's in it's, it's below deep air, down it's in. like in way deep down <laughs> well it's in the it's in the it's in the top crust of all of the earth so it, yeah but it, you're not gonna just kick sand and then like find mycelium well no yes but underneath the sand there's i mean you dig deep enough and you you still have the rest of you still have the upper crust yes yes as yes. as you would anywhere else in the planet Oh, speaking of which, before I get um, too far in, I do just want to recognize uh, the sources that I had. So Paul Stamps, who is a mycologist, I watched a TED Talk that he gave, and he is incredible. Um, he's he's just this hippie guy who used to be a logger, and then he went out into the woods one day with his brother, and his brother was just like, oh, that's some lion's mane. And then he was like, oh, what's that? Lion's and mane is so then from good. there on just from that like what is that that one question he left his entire life that he had and was just like i'm going to dedicate my life to fungi and it just became a mycologist and is like i know done some of the most insane research and studies and it was patented like a whole bunch of stuff he's freaking awesome i love him so i know a man who did that with moths oh that's adorable yeah yeah in his late 20s his name is bart uh bart copens he's a part of my entomology group um and he literally just went down to Brazil on a bus and decided that moths, he, he needed to study them <laughs> and has devoted there an entire, go. like his entire life to them between Reddit, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, um, and a series of other, uh, um, between medical sites and, um, just biology and ecology sites. He Fuck shares yeah, good for him. revolutionary, he's not even 30 yet. Yeah. Bart Copens, if you guys ever... Uh, get a chance he's fantastic and he he catches some of the most rare and unique moths that you can that one can find but it's it's that idea that somebody's just found something that inspired them so deeply and they were just like you know what fuck it this is what i'm this is me now this is what i'm doing yeah and then also i watched uh the fantastic fungi documentary on netflix super cool give it a listen watch whatever you do and then um there's also britannica.com and science um, newscience.com uh, as well that I got most of this information from. Nice. And bringing it back. Okay. <laughs> so um, Paul Stamps, who is the guy I was just talking about, he said that mm-hmm, he's so his whole thing as a mycologist is that he wants to understand, quote, the language of the nature of fungi networks that communicate with the ecosystem. He believes nature is intelligent and we as humans are the ones that lack the ability to communicate with nature and that that's our inadequacy, not nature's, that nature isn't doing anything wrong. It's been here for a long time. The fact that we don't know how to communicate or understand what it's saying is our own fault. And so his whole idea is thinking that through fungus, through this oldest organism, that we can figure out how to communicate better. And so you can't really talk about mushrooms or fungus or anything without like i have been mentioning before mycelium and so if you don't know what that is it's uh, it's a single spore from one mushroom so you got one spore of zillions of spores and that one tiny itty bitty spore can develop into a mycelium which is a network of fungal threads or a hyphae so 
Um, have you ever been like walking in the woods and you kick up a log or you you lift up some like damp leaves or something? You've got all of those spindly like webs, white webs mm, coming out. Yes, that's the mycelium. Yeah, so it, like you can see it right coming there up out of the, the surface dirt and like. Oh, yeah. Most of the time, it's, you know, completely unseen. A lot of it is so small, and you have to use, you know, a microscope or something, but you can see some bigger parts of it, like that with the decay of, like, or inside dying trees and things like that. It's, I bet you I could go in my backyard and I could find a great photo of this, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right in my oh, yeah. yard, yeah. Right. And like I said, even though the majority of it is invisible to the naked eye, it is everywhere in the woods it's under bark decaying rocks or under decaying leaves rocks it's just just hasn't it been declared the world's largest organism yes 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 it's and it can technically live forever if it want a mycelium could live on forever as long as there is something to feed it if there isn't anything there to destroy it there is it doesn't die it doesn't age it just keeps going as long as there isn't an outside source that comes in to kill it it's fantastic and um so the craziest part to me is that when you're walking in a forest you stand on about 300 miles of fungal cell with every step you take every step a cubic square holds about eight miles a a cubic square of soil of like nutrient dense soil Boom. My God, that's hard, Eight that's miles. hard to imagine. It is. It's almost. It's pretty much unfathomable that with every one foot, not just two feet standing on the ground, with one foot, you are standing on 300 miles of cells. It's freaking glorious. It's gorgeous. Oh, God, I keep hitting my mic, so I'm sorry oh, about okay. that. Oh, it's okay. You can't hear it. <laughs> Um, so actually mycelium have more networks than a human brain does has uh, neural pathways and it works basically the exact same way with electrolytes uh, electrical pulses so a recent study uh, by dr andrew oh god i'm going to butcher this adamatsky adamatsky that came out earlier this month says that fungi use up to 50 words to communicate with not only itself but with other trees and plants it actually has words and they form them into sentences you guys um if you don't believe me please go look it up it just came out this guy is actually a computer scientist but he he, by hooking up like these tiny little electrodes um adamansky recorded the rhythmic electrical impulses transmitted across the mycelium of four different species and he found that the impulses varied by amplitude frequency and duration and by doing so there were a whole bunch of like so they were communicating through like sound waves or like through vibrations and pulses. our brains do with electrical pulses it's the same way our brain makes up thoughts that we have different parts of our brain talking to each other to to create one cohesive thought that's how a fucking mycelium works with 50 words that and that's just what we know from like this one study and because we've known for a long time that you know living things communicate through mycelium that nutrients like uh, trees will be connected by mycelium and they can be for up to like a mile apart if not more and so you've got one tree connected to another tree by the mycelium they are sending nutrients to each other if this tree isn't getting enough nutrients this tree will notice send more through the mycelium and help it i knew that much about it i knew that i knew that it communicated in the sense where it was able to in a forest setting to to kind of balance out how things how things were 
communicated in the sense of nutrition and and i don't know about you but like when i yeah but when i think about that like i don't think about like actual communication it just seems like oh you do like that just happens well instinctual it just just happens yeah it's 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 a response it's a receptor but this is much much more intricate than we ever thought it was and this study and this opens is a new up study a whole new, yeah i that's why uh, this month is when it came out are we gonna mm-hmm. inc- are we gonna include that in our description or um in a place yeah like totally folks, yeah with this episode well, I mean, especially we'll, we'll, look we'll up... make sure to put the details out there for everybody so that you can follow um, yeah especially when it comes to the mushrooms because i don't have far most of what i have to discuss is really from my brain so this is fascinating and i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna follow up on this do some more research so in order to figure this out he did like a ridiculous complex um mathematical equations to figure out the comparisons between the patterns of these impulses with more typical uh, typically ones associated with human speech and the research suggests that they form a basis of fungal language compromising like i said of about 50 words into sentences the complexity of the languages used by the different species of fungi appear to differ with the split gill fungus i'm reading this from the a uh, sure an article if you couldn't tell yeah sure. <laughs> um the complexity of the languages used by the different species of fungi appear to differ with the split gill fungus using the most complicated lexicon of those tested so that one um species it or uh that one kind of fungus is the one that used the most intense languages which is so cool and then also um like we were just talking about the with the trees the I, what I didn't realize until watching this documentary was that mother, there are things like, you know, a mother tree and a seedling. So a mother tree drops, you know, the acorn or, you know, whatever it is, it's seed. And then boom, another little baby tree. So through the mycelium, mother trees are able to recognize their seedlings as their offspring which is something that has only ever been associated with animals and with like consciousness that we're able to recognize our own kin a mother tree can see that her seedling through the mycelium is suffering and not getting the nutrients or it's in danger from pests or rot or even um uh, mycelium can communicate with things like hum like like there's a human warning where there's like an entity warning so they can that mother tree can see that and thanks to the mycelium specifically send more nutrients to that one tree because she knows that that's her her baby fucking insane that is quite so cool you know what you know what it sparks it sparks some questions for me when i as a somebody who gardens and as somebody who enjoys like splicing plants together i wonder if it's because it's in the soil it's in the roots it's attached to the mycelium that that communication has been established versus if you were to take a piece from another plant and you splice it on to said tree so you take another piece of tree and you splice it onto the mother tree and with some care and with 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 planning you can you can grow and next thing you know you have two varieties of tree growing from one i wonder if there's still a if the if the connection or the communication within the plant itself still <laughs> recognizes the foreign object as trying to figure out what it is and whether or not it's a part of it it's a really good question because they take them so well they take a splice yeah. so well and so it's not like they're rejecting it and so it's not like they're going this is a foreign entity this is not good for me this is not what i need i need to reject it they usually take it in so i wonder if there is something yeah. if there is a difference between Attaching something to a living plant above the ground versus having 
a sapling or a seedling blossom within the mycelium itself. I wonder. I wonder if there is. Well, be- because it becomes one like are you saying like uh, uh, considering you're splicing the mother tree like and it so has nothing to that, do with like the ground adding, and it has nothing to do with the ground and the mycelium itself yeah. but it's still a part but it's still adding. becoming a part of the biology yeah. of the tree and so i wonder it if that communication still happens within the tree or if that's just specifically something that the mycelium itself controls and sends to the tree uh, yeah that's that's a fascinating question um, for somebody who is a lot more intelligent than I am. <laughs> but I love yeah, that. It's so <laughs> basically bottom line mycelium is the coolest thing ever. It's so freaking awesome. It connects everything. And um, so in that documentary that I was watching, Fantastic Fungi, um, they think that hey, oh God, I'm gonna, I'm probably going to butcher okay, this, but bro. I'm doing okay. the best I can. Okay, about four million years ago, human brains doubled in size in only, or tripled, excuse me, tripled in size in only two million years. That is insane. That amount of growth, two million years, is a blip that's nothing it's such a short period of time in it evolution is in the, in the concept of that things. the fact that one species that a homo sapiens brain tripled in size is it's baffled scientists for a very long time and they think that obviously it's not the only reason but they think that part of the reason why this happened was because aliens um aliens <laughs> well kind of <laughs> <laughs> Um, humans were following around animals. They started to, mm. to move more and move like track with them. And what grows out of poop? Mm. Mushrooms. What kind of mushrooms? Psilocybin mushrooms. We're talking magic mushrooms. And so because um, a f- like fungus ha- and the mycelium have more pathways, neurological pathways than a human brain does, it they think that it... It grew the brain. Having these experiences, having these psychedelic experiences helped grow the brain in an expanded or a super sped up period of time. That it, it's it's so freaking cool. And to prove their point that way, um, it was, uh, Southern Florida, I believe. It's the University of Southern Florida did this incredible research with mice. And it's pretty sad, but it gets happy. Um, so they would play a sound and then hurt the mice. So they would, uh, they had this pain, uh, fear the pain. Like, yeah, the pain receptors. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like so a negative an automatic fear response. Yes, automatic fear response. So it, to the point where they would just hear the sound, they would cower in fear, you know, blah, blah, blah. So then they treated these mice with psilocybin. Not only were they able to overcome that fear response, something that had been embedded into their brain so thoroughly, they were able to grow new receptors so that it wasn't even just like, oh, we got over that. It, the brain found new pathways to deal with that sound. It created a whole new system. So it's not like you're, oh, I've That's gotten over this trauma or I've moved through this trauma. I've, grown it's, I've from, gone around this trauma. I've grown, I've grown from, from, from it. Trauma. I was there. Now I'm here. Look at what I've done. And it's so effing cool. Like, I, I just... 
oh, I can't get over it. It's just fantastic. And it's funny, I was trying to explain to my mother um, a few weeks ago about that that exact same thing of just like, you know, you're struggling on a subject. It's something you've been working through for, you know, weeks, months, years of your life. You can't get over it. For some reason, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a bugaboo. <laughs> it's a stick in your life. You can't get over it boom, you have this experience, you are able to grow from it. And it's like, it's like waking up from a dream. And you're like, Oh, why didn't I think of it? That why way? didn't I think? of Oh, it? I'll just think of it that way now. Okay, I don't have to worry about that anymore. That's gone. That's over with. Why was I worried about it in the first place? I just have to think about well, it. Like let's, this. let's 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 be honest. There's a lot of scientific facts that support the idea of using psychedelics in a lot of ways. Oh, my God. Uh, John, to, so that's exactly what I was about to go into. Yes. Yeah. So talk yes. to me. Yeah. So um, two researchers, well, a whole bunch of um, psychologists and scientists from all over the world have been studying psychedelics, but specifically, oh God, what's his name? Bob Keese, who is a psychiatry and behavioral science, uh, behavioral scientist at Johns Hopkins and Roland Griffith, uh, who is a PhD uh, professor of neuroscience at Johns Hopkins. Those two guys have been working together for a long time um, about trying to figure out the relation between um, alcoholism, addiction, uh, drug addiction, and then depression. PTSD all of these things with psychedelics and so they have primarily studied people with terminal illness and so they have helped these people that are like they are going to die and they have given them psilocybin um there's a a person who leads them through their trip so you go in um, to the office and you're in a very comfortable room. They put on headphones and like an eye blindfold so that you're relaxed. And I then you're there that. with a guide who sits with you. And the whole point is they, they talk to them, of course, a whole bunch beforehand. You have to be cleared for this trial. You know, you have to go through a whole bunch. You know, bunch this reminds of, me of that, of that Hulu show that came out with Nicole Kidman, what you're describing. Oh yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, where the nine perfect strangers. Whatever. Yeah, where they were guided through their trips. Yeah, but that that was that was a poor guidance. This well, is like yes. actual like one on one like it's actual science with actual science. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, with with I love Nicole Kidman with, with fluorescent <laughs> lights and and white coats. Yes. <laughs> no, that's the opposite. <laughs> so they've got their guide. And they're helping them through. And the whole point is to help them accept their own death. And it's just, it's it's getting them to a point where it can either help with their, their pain, their outlook, um, and just give them, like, a refresh. And and these people are at, you know, this is the worst parts of their lives is finding out they're going to die way before they should and probably in an extremely painful way. And so they being able to have this experience to a lot of people could be terrifying and they you know they talk you through it just whatever feeling comes up you work with that feeling do not deny it don't run away from it mm -hmm. you div, dig into that feeling and just let it come and then of course you know they cry they go through all of this they they don't have to keep the headphones on they can talk they can work through it they can yell and the two people who were on the documentary said it was the most important thing that they have ever done in their life and one the guy was just like you know you you aren't afraid of dying anymore because you aren't afraid of living and having that connection and knowing that 
you are a part of something bigger is is so incredible that it's it's just not it's nothing i have to worry about anymore Mm -hmm. and it's so freaking beautiful i love it and the yeah, it's 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 really incredible. They um of course, you know, Nixon and all his glory uh stopped all of the research for on psychedelics because, you know, we went through a terrible time in the 60s. It was well, just like well, uh, the fear, the terrible yeah. time uh, by terrible time I mean the fear-mongering and I mean people using using things for more of a party drug and like you know just uh, a lot of a lot of stuff happened and so the science got stopped it was became too dangerous and people didn't want to use it anymore and so in 1999 uh, a bunch of people uh, clinicians and therapists and people got together and were like we're gonna you know what we're gonna go to the fda we're gonna make a um a pitch and we're going to start researching this again hopefully and in 1999 they got that passed and boom psilocybin research and psychedelic research research has been off the ground since which is just freaking awesome so people with PTSD and Alzheimer's are also being um, tested on with this because of, like I was saying, with the mice. I have seen and some. I have seen receptors. some of those those um those yeah those studies um in regards to Alzheimer's because it it grows those new neural pathways doesn't just rewrite them it grows new ones i'm not gonna stop freaking out about it because it's so cool um you're the people with ptsd are able to find new ways of coping that they literally would not have been able to find I any mean, way else tell me about it in regards to caring for plants and plant life in general it's something that i i feel very passionate about and how it affects one's mental health and how it helps yes. one grow internally and respectively for themselves so i yeah. totally understand where that comes from and, and, that's, you know, and that's not even having to do with anything psychedelic necessarily that's just yeah. more or less being I involved mean, and in, in in the act of gardening and being around greenery and being around nature also like while we're on the topic think of fucking uh, penicillin you know in like world war ii people would just slap moldy bread onto a wound because they're like yeah you know it's so funny infection. i'm terribly allergic to penicillin Oh my god, me too. <laughs> yeah, you are too. Really? Yeah, yeah. I know. You guys terribly allergic to I'm it. Sorry, that sucks. Yeah. Hope you don't die. No, <laughs> no. This is 2020. You know, 22. This is 2022. There and and even when I was there, a baby, there were other modes of no, antibiotics. Yeah. No, it's just there interesting too because how how much I do love mushrooms and in yeah. general all all sorts of mushrooms and how I eat them tremendously. Um, so it's not it's not a it's penicillin, I'm assuming, down to the medication itself, not yeah. what it's yeah, derived yeah, yeah. from, fortunately. I don't Thank know, God. I don't know what I would do if I was a There was somebody mushrooms. I knew that had taken mushrooms, uh, had taken mu- magic mushrooms, and then was just like, wait, I'm allergic to penicillin. Is this going to be bad? <laughs> and everybody was just like, oh. No, no, sweetheart. No, you're it's fine. Not. Totally but, fine. Meanwhile, everybody else is like wide-eyed and they're like, this is not the time. This is not the time, lady. <laughs> bring you to oh, a medical, bring stuff. you to the medical tent up the, up the hill. Oh, Strap dude. her to a chair, nobody's bro. Nobody's there to help you. No. Nobody's gonna help you there. Huh? Like the comfort tent. <laughs> the comfort tent. You yeah, want to? You can call. You can call there are it. No a, medical professionals there. I can tell you that much. You can call it a comfort oh, tent God. as much as you want, but Elena and I—I'm sorry, Laney and I—have <laughs> seen somebody strapped to a chair. 
Mm-hmm. I know this is this um, is an entirely separate conversation. Folks. I saw somebody like, tied to a tree. This yeah. wasn't. <laughs> we need to have we need to have a whole episode based on our festival experiences alone, mm. without without crediting mm. any specific Delicious. festival. We don't need to be doing that. But I can nope. honestly say psychedelics or not, this was definitely not mushrooms, and this person was strapped no. to a chair for everybody else's no. safety. And yeah. strapped though. Don't strapped, do powders. Tape. Like all all these all these all these old dirty hippies just strapped this man to a lawn chair with yeah. duct tape as he was going through a bad trip. And it was not mushrooms, but regardless, I'll never forget it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's definitely one of those things that when you see it, it it's there. You walk in life. walking down a gravel pathway and you go by the medical tent and there's like no lights on anywhere and you just you just hear somebody screaming like it's the Texas chainsaw <laughs> massacre inside. You so take good. a peek in and there's just this one man strapped to a chair in the center. Like, oh my god. Oh. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she uh, apart from the anyway, it's Cat and Laney because occasionally I make the mistake of of saying her name right outright, and so we've been we've been doing better. We've been about doing it, better, that's for sure. But I I have this sound bite that's just Laney, <laughs> like yeah, really drab and <laughs> dull, and then I'm just gonna piece over, you know, whenever I do make the mistake. Oh, it's so good. All right. So I've just got like a few more facts oh, I just yeah, want to shoot bro, at you and it. then I'm good. All right. So um, the the Roland, the the doctor I had been talking about from Johns Hopkins. Let yes. me find his last name so I don't fuck it up. Uh, Griffiths. Um, he, he, like people were coming to him after these incredible tests. So, you know, he was dealing with the, the people who were uh, terminal. And so he, um, one third of the people that he had in this study study said that it was the single most important spiritual experience of their entire lives. And over 70% say it's in the top five most meaningful moments of their lives. Now, these people are about to die. Like they have, you know, all they can think about is the most important things that they have experienced. They won't hold on to those usually. And now with this experience, they're like, oh, no, this is like up there with the birth of my child oh. and at first you know roland is over here just being like and he said he was like i thought that they just must have had really boring lives <laughs> to say this <laughs> and then and then they did they explained it to him it's just like no you know like when you lose a parent or you you see the birth of a child or something that significant happens in your life and you move through life differently now you have different obligations you have different goals you know everything in your life has changed that that is the exact same kind of experience they were having with these trips. And it's one, one, one mushroom trip that is giving these people these these revelations. And he, where is the quote? It was fantastic. Um, he said, frankly, I'm just a laboratory scientist and I wasn't prepared for it. Which I just love that he's just like, I don't, I don't get it. So everybody's just understand. like, thank you. Like, this has been a wonderful experience. Like, thank you so much. Like, you have no idea what you've done to me. And he's just yeah. like, science. I've done uh-huh. science to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Tips his hat. I like that, though. I like that. At least he, I feel like that was still, exactly. that must have been a wonderful experience for him to be able to watch people, especially yes. in their positions and being terminal. Uh, and him, know, because he's been fighting for this. 
Exactly. You would have been fighting for this for a long time. You would have. And he's never. That's the best part too is that he didn't get it. He he he's never taken psilocybin. He's never done anything like that. He is just a therapist and he's a neuroscientist. He's a scientist. Excuse me. A neuroscientist. So the fact that he is able to he's so removed from it emotionally that he is able to just look at the science and just be like, no, this is an incredible research um, resource that we need to tap into. Unfortunately, all it takes sometimes is like one or two trips Mm -hmm. so there it's completely non-profitable you can't make money off of that the man's not dipping into his own stash mm, 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 mm. no we need that zoloft and we need the (laughs) multiple therapy sessions for years and years and years and years i was gonna say multiple like years is a much bigger I, yeah yeah much more big by multiple yeah. i mean more than one which <laughs> which uh, don't target me personally okay there is no end to multiple <laughs> so love, yeah there's uh, there's honestly i, I could keep going yet. on forever and then i just realized that i've been talking for way too long so that is the conclusion of mushrooms and no dude you really haven't been are. in fact i'm i'm quite i'm quite inspired um and I really so cool. do think that it still plays into what I wanted to discuss. Um, yeah. Because yeah. even though mine is more of a conversational piece between the three of us, um, it still has everything to do with the benefits of being able to use nature itself to bring one down to a grounding point, to being able to center oneself back to actuality instead of living in a circus of stress. Yes. And so yes. I still feel like it ties into everything that I that I really wanted to even discuss and to be honest it's not even that I have to, a lot to talk about. Um I just kind of wanted to discuss with the both of you um what you do in your own personal homes um and how you utilize nature and plants and gardening to benefit one's self and how maybe I can help you grow off of that and how i can help you maybe adapt and move on beyond maybe the small space that you might be working with or i um even if it's outdoor gardening maybe branch off and do something more unique in the sense of how it might benefit one's physical health and the things that you can grow in such a small space for food and for fun it's not even just growing plants like house plants and flowers but you can grow food vegetables and you can grow herbs and spices and sometimes the most minuscule tiny obscure places um and so you know i just wanted to be able to be a wealth of information um during that conversation between us and i still feel like it really does tie in very much with how nature in its own right interacts with our health and mental well-being so i'm i'm going to actually um lie to you and bring it right back to myself (laughs) (laughs) talk about just one more thing no please i forgot to (laughs) and now back to me (laughs) all right we're back that was enough of you cat that was enough of you cat bitch i don't even need her <laughs> anyways <laughs> so anyway <laughs> stamps stamps he um he's patented five different um insecticides oh. that are from um mycelium 
and that are like fungus based and specifically ones to target termites which is the hardest ones because termites have little receptors because of you know evolution. yes i know all they about are termites. able to yes so when they interact with some spores when spores get on their little legs or something you know the the the, the poor little termite worker who happened upon the spores tries to go back and feed the queen and the two guards are like nah bitch and are they you talking about the are you talking about the no, zombie? I'm not, but I I could the amount of fungus that grow out of uh, insects and the things that fungus does to insects is fucking it's out of phenomenal. control. It's they, they yeah, there are some fungus that like make slugs, you know, go to the top of trees and it's not just slugs, like, make actually, their eyes pulse. Like it's insane. It goes on forever. But as no, about that's not just what real quick, about. as of about two years ago, they had brought it up to eighteen species of insects. That the that little fun the zombie fungus I forgot what the technical mm-hmm. term was has affected so slugs yeah. ants there were certain wasps yes and it makes it so but that they start with a smaller evolving. organism but and then they grow so like then the thing that eats that organism then gets yes. the fungus and then the thing that eats that then gets the fungus keep, it just and grows then they go up to the highest point and then they they exactly. they, they, they spore out and then they kill everything beneath mm-hmm. it but it's and evolving then they'll it's, come it's, from the body too like just just like out of the eyes and out of the body cavities like f- like full mushrooms will grow it's so freaking cool oh, but that's not it's not what I'm talking cool about. it's not cool yes it is no it's because what are you talking about it's it's a literally i will fucking they are they are it's a it's a colony destroyer it's a colony (sighs) destroyer it destroys (sighs) it destroys whole environments in in small spaces okay and it's evolving that way well thank 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 the rainforest that they're trying to burn down which i you know i mean that's 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 a poor joke isn't that where most of it is that's that's exactly where most of it is but i just want to say it's evolving to the point where it's going to cover more square footage instead of small spaces in like a a, a minuscule tiny quarter of a cubic foot now i would rather be suffocated I'd rather be suffocated by fungi than Dude, I would small. No. Have you ever seen an insect being taken over by a parasite before? It is yes, not a fun been... time. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've got parasites living in me so much of the time. I know that's probably that really a really bizarre question. That's, that's true. That's true. We all have parasites in a weird way. But what a, what a bizarre question so, I've asked. Can you... Termites! <laughs> yes. Getting back to the termites! <laughs> Okay, worker termite gets the spores, tries to go to the queen, and the guards say nay, and they take it. The two little guards will, like, escort this this worker away. They will chop its head off at a graveyard, and then because they have touched the worker, they know they've got spores on themselves, so then they go and commit suicide far away from the queen. Boom, spores don't get to the queen. The queen is happy. Everybody lives. So they, 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 so they, Paul, they do commit suicide? Like they, they... they do. The guards commit suicide because they, they just took care of the dumbass who walked on the spores. Now for queen and country. You know? Which is silly because you would think that if, okay, if the guards are able, like, wh- 
so the guards now have committed suicide new new termite guards just step up in their place mm-hmm. so like what is preventing the original worker guy from just not committing suicide like he's just like maybe i can just oh that's interesting in. that's a good I question know i've got them but maybe they won't notice well like, they, it's because it's a robotic <laughs> it out. it's a robotic thing it's it's a fungus it's a parasite it's not it's affecting their central nervous system it's not affecting not yet it's just on his little it's just on his little legs but maybe i don't know oh so okay but anyway so paul out here being a crazy mycologist and he's got like five i believe different um patents on insecticides and pesticides that are fungus based and so now he's been able to change the way the the receptors so that now when a termite not only are they like can walk on it and bring it back to the colony they are drawn to it mm. so when they smell or sense this insecticide they fucking go ape shit they go all on it get covered in those spores and the guards are like yeah come on into the party you should you know what you should do you should meet our queen you're such a cool guy i can totally just sense Sounds like it a on jersey you. shore yeah, party on. you can come just hear the in. music beating come in the back the and they're like come get me you exactly. got you gotta meet our yeah, queen bro. Yeah, come in here. So, literally. And then they get in, gives it to the queen, boom, queen dies, everybody dies, whole colony dead. Yeah, that's how STDs are Freaking awesome. It's fantastic. That is pretty intense, okay. though. That is pretty intense. Yeah. That makes jokes. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be taking a couple. Of it sounds like he sounds like a fun guy. <laughs> is that what you just said? You stop it. <laughs> oh, fantastic, dude. That was an incredible amount of research. I am super, super, super interested, and I want to dive in a lot more. I feel like we could do more with this. There's a lot of communities uh, that you can go to. I like. I think you had said earlier on Facebook. Go to Reddit. There are so many. There's one of my favorite is called Moldly Interesting, which is a spinoff of Mildly Interesting, oh, stop. which is just oh, random stop. people That's posting, <laughs> posting pictures of mold and just being like, "Is this?" bad is this good and yeah it's it's super cool you can there's so much you can go anywhere do anything find a you can throw a stone and find somebody interested even on on our contagious curiosity instagram page i made sure to follow an artist that i found remarkably interesting and what she does is she cures mold in petri dishes Yes. Oh, is she the artist? She's the artist that makes, yes. like, other people might find this weird, but I'm like, marry me. Oh, it's so she, beautiful. She, yes. So, Jason, she takes these little Petri dishes, and she puts all this various types of mold in them, and then she grows, like a biologist do, like a lot yeah. of, like this, what you know, a lot of folks do, and um, she makes incredible imagery and art with it. It's, I think it's like, pretty cool. I think it, it's, yeah. it's, it's quite incredible. But it's, Yeah, it's really fascinating. So to shift the conversation a little bit, because I, I'd be interested to, you know, hear a little bit from Jason and um, hear a little bit yes, from Lainey. Yes, please. I am, I am tired of talking. Oh, no, I am. I, I love talking. I am oh, never. Oh, I am kidding? never oh, tired of listening <laughs> to you talk. <laughs> well, now that you say that. No. Anyways. <laughs> anyway. So... I kind of wanted to just have an open discussion um, about what we are all doing in our own personal lives to kind of disrupt the sadness and the mundane depression and anxiety of it all. Um, I know it's been a hard couple of years. Um, I myself have not been immune to it, although I was able to work 
throughout um, the COVID years here, which of course it is not over. Um, and it is important to recognize that there is still, you know, you know we're pandemic. doing our best. Um, okay. Yeah. We're doing our best. But through, through this, a lot of folks pandemic. have discovered a passion for gardening. And a lot of folks um, to whom I find very close to my heart, such as Jason, have been able to utilize this time to really build um, a home garden within the house, you know, with the space that they have. Um, with the lighting they have and with the resources that they have. And they were still able to bring in the outside world to, I don't know, something to really look at and to really find yourself at peace with. Um, And with Lainey and with Jason, they both live in apartments and they don't necessarily have a big yard to be able to grow things in such as myself. And it's important for those who unfortunately don't have the opportunity to have this massive space to be able to grow in. And even to be honest, even if you did have that massive space, not many people have the time or the resources to be able to curate and cultivate an entire. Yeah. Or the vision. Honestly. Well, it's, I I wouldn't, I, with you two, I would not, I would not bring it down to vision because you both have incredible vision. Um, Oh, I was not speaking personally. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. And, um, on, on our, um, Instagram post, I'm actually going to include, um, an image of, uh, Jason and Teddy. Teddy is his husband, uh, of their little collection that they've got in their living room. Um, and actually, honestly, it's throughout their house, it's but fucking gorgeous. It's remarkable. Like, I, I don't I have anything like this in, in my while. home. I don't have anything like the this last in my time home. I was there. I, that was like, it wasn't as big. I don't believe like there was, there was some of it, but I don't think it was that big and it is effing gorgeous. Well, I I'm think, I think that so that has jealous. a lot to do with the care and love that go into it. And that's really what I wanted to discuss here with Jason is, is how he got to this point And, you know, once again, I'm going to include the image and all the links um, that you're going to... Uh, the link to our Instagram is going to be under the description of this episode. But you really should check out this image because in the space that they have made, they have really made a little little sanctuary that... Some honestly, I would, I, would, I would put my chair right there and my, my spinning wheel right in front of it. And honestly, that is the perfect table Yeah, I don't want to look at you guys anymore. Turn the fucking camera. Let's yeah. That wall. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so what have you got going on there? Like, what, what's in there? Um, I couldn't tell you half of the species or what they are. They, they just pleased you. What? They just pleased you. Yeah. Well, or someone, like, gave them to me or I found them on clearance, wanted to save them. Okay, um, yeah. So, you, yeah, because I can be honest with you. They all look very healthy and full of life. Yeah, I always wanted houseplants, but I always killed them. Um, and then the... Which you'd never know. You'd, you'd never be able to know that that yeah, was even an issue you might have ever had. I had a green thumb. Um, and then the pandemic, the Pamela, she happened. And I was home God all the damn time. Pamela. And <laughs> I was like, I have time to like take care of plants. Yeah. And you even have... Do you guys have craft- pets? I can't remember. Do you have a cat? I have two cats. Two cats. Yeah, they're Two cats. That's what I thought. How do they not mess with it? Because my, my Ramsey... Oh, he like I've had a I had a little peony like in a pot from when I used to teach preschool and we just like made Mother's Day pots. That bastard ripped it out like full stem and roots connected and laid it out like the Godfather, like a fucking horse head in my bed and just left it there splayed. Just like, oh, you want to care for something else yeah. that's not me? Really? Certain like, cats, um, man. I, I don't know, man. I think it's just I, cats because they destroy it. don't touch any of them. And I'm Lucky sure bastard. some of them are poisonous. 
Can but we just? Can we just? <laughs> well, I I mean Mojo, Mojo, and my my old dog Molly have survived through everything poisonous. But can we just acknowledge real quick um, the names of your cats? Oh, Fred and Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Lucy. And they look like Fred and yes. Ricky. Ricky really has like this gaunt, angular Leonardo, uh, not Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, um, Johnny Depp look to him. Like he looks very, he, he, there's a shadow in the curve of his cheek. Like he's, it's just very beautiful. And then That's you got the Ricky. Addiction. Ricky look, um, then you got Richard. Richard is, is, is a man who looks like he works on the railroad to me, you know, but he's retired. I love your descriptions to my cats. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Depp and a retired railroad worker. <laughs> Only you would see that in my cats. Most people see the orange one and the like the less orange one. The dusty one. one. Yeah. Well, and of course, of course, Ricky is the dusty one. He's dusty and he's got that mm. gaunt, mm. angular look. And then, you know, Richard. Goes to the storyline. Yeah, Rich, Richard. Oh, he's so Have cute. Have you Ricky. seen Cats, Ricky. the musical? Oh, God. No, Laney, 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 I don't want railroad cat. I don't know why I'm posing that as a question. I know for a fact this I've is seen it not an episode in the movie way too many times. Yeah, this is not an episode for you to be able to talk about Taylor Swift. I'm not in okay. of it. I'm okay. Not, I'm not... Did you notice I'm wearing my Taylor Swift t-shirt right now? It's not the time. <laughs> it's not the time. <laughs> So regardless, regardless, regardless. So back to the point, back to me. I'm crying. Um, so what I was asked, what, what we were trying to get to the point of is, is how you got to this point. Um, when everything is so full of life and so fruitful and so, so damn lustrous and green inside of this room. How did you get that? How did that happen? I think it was a mix of boredom, time. Because we were stuck inside all the time. And then maybe some hoarding tendencies. No. So. <laughs> have you utilized... So, have did you... So, even... You're just kind of random with your plants. So, like, yeah. you didn't even necessarily look up what specific kind of plants they were. I mostly acquired them and then tried to figure out how to take care of them after. So, did you just watch them and yeah. so figure cool. things out? Yeah, like, this one's drooping. I'm like, why is this one drooping? I'm like, oh, it needs more water. Yeah. You can also tell by the colors of the leaves and the, the yeah. condition of the soil... You know, when you have... Thank God for the internet. Because like I said, I, know. I, I used to kill plants every time I got them. And there was something about having the time during like lockdown and stuff to mm-hmm. give them the attention they needed. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important to note that if you're looking at starting any plants, and especially indoors, especially in an environment where you just want to start, you just want to have that initial commitment so that you can guide yourself through a process of learning how things work. Because... Immersing yourself in the environment of caring for plants isn't just one of... You can't just pick up 50 different garden vegetables and expect that everything is going to work out wonderfully. Like, sometimes there there has to be some give and take in what you learn and what you must know from it. Um, and so having, having houseplants like this is crucial because going from having them all die... So having them being so lustrous and so gleaming and fruitful is um, is quite an ability. And I just want to point out that Jason here has one spectrum light and all of his houseplants are on uh, four different shelves, three different shelves, in fact, coming down. And there's a couple 
uh, couple shelves in here in the bottom, and it's really just in one of his well-lit windows. Um, and so the way that he had positioned the, his, his shelving to give adequate lighting to his plants really did create a, 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 an amazing plethora of life. And it's important to note the whole the whole reason I'm I'm talking here and the whole point I'm getting to is you don't have to buy a tremendous amount of equipment. You don't have to go out and buy the greatest of the greatest things. You don't have to buy a seventy dollar plant light. You don't have to buy plant shelves. You can really just use a lot of creativity and a little bit of know how um, to give them exactly what they need without having to spend an arm and a leg to fulfill this aspect of your life. This little this little thing that kind of helps you internally even if you don't realize it grow a little bit because it takes a lot to care for a plant and from a to z you know z being a bright and green leafed flourishing plant letting off babies um you don't have to go above and beyond for it you just have to give it what it needs yeah no sunlight My and some food and one. some you know and the shelf's like an $8 board yeah. chopped in four pieces, and I bought a $15 full-spectrum light from Home Depot. Honestly, yeah, that's it's, it. and that's it. And that's it, and the sunlight does the rest, because you were able to figure out exactly when the lighting came into your apartment and where it landed and how you would at least have the most full sun. And just to point out, if you're having houseplants, most houseplants that you will have indoors do not require six to eight hours of absolute full sun. They're yeah. not flowers. They're not, you know, fruiting vegetables. These are just greenery houseplants. Most of them just want full light. They don't need the beating sun on them. And so as long as you have a home with a room that is lit for six to eight to 10 hours at best, um, you can grow almost anything in there. That's always one of my biggest problems is like, I'm convinced that I won't be able to keep something alive because I don't have enough light. Even though I have a giant window in my living yeah. room. It's fucking huge. Well, and it all I'm depends. convinced. I'm like, nope, can't do it. It's gonna die. I only because I, I I do like to keep things cave like. I keep all of my blinds closed like, to the point <laughs> where Nick's dad light. came by or stepdad and ever I know every time he's here because he opens up all of my blinds. Yeah. And as soon as I come home, I'm like, ah, oh, the light <laughs> it burns. And close it all. Yeah. Well, the beauty about it too is that there is actually a tremendous amount of houseplants that thrive in shade. You know, and yeah. so yeah, there and I think that that's what's happening here in Jason's house is. That a lot of these, he's got um, a collection of pothos, he's got begonias, he's got spider plants, he's got some succulents, some ivies, ferns, uh, looks like he's got some a couple tropical plants in here, a very variety of ivy. Uh, you got a monster, a snake plant. I see them. I was intentional picking ones initially that are hardy, like spider plants, mm -hmm. like those are hard to kill. You say that, but you know, a spider plant. So here's the thing. I'm actually known. I'm actually them. known for killing the plants that require neglect, because I'm always thinking. That's why succulents. Over I was discussing yeah. this with Lainey. I'm like, I kill succulents, and the the reason is, is yep. because I overcare. You're a giver. Yeah. No, I like to be ignored. Yeah. Unlike my doggy here. Oh, Romo. Yeah. Sorry, if you hear a oh, heavy amount of yeah. breathing, there's a pit bull mastiff mix who's just <sighs> into the mic. He's got so much loving. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can hear that. Oh, he's giving the side eye, too. He's like, you done yet? <laughs> everybody be quiet. Oh, my God. Everybody, Listen to yeah, that. Yeah, everybody be quiet. 
All right, enough. All right, get down. <laughs> Over here. Oh, Come on, no, get behind face. me. Get behind me, honey. Get behind me. Lay down. She was like, wait, wait. So, um, Lainey, describe to us what you have going on in your house right now. Like, the, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. Please do not be ashamed. Like, I can see your face. Like, I feel like, I feel like I've already said all three plants. So, um... <laughs> Like 75. I love three. it so much because she's not wrong. <laughs> she had one plant. So the fact that she's got two more is okay. pretty impressive. So I started I started a while ago with, um, I got an ivy like way back at the very beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, this is my project. This one plant. Jason, you've done incredible with many. And I was like, this one, I can do this. It died. It did. It died hard. I came to visit. <laughs> I came to visit. And I looked at it, and I was yeah. like, what happened? I, I looked at Kat, and I was like, please, what can I do? And she was like, oh, honey. <laughs> the first the thing, soil is moldy. I, yeah. I remember picking it up. All I told her she needed, to, she needed to switch it out a little bit. She needed to put some fresh soil in. She needed to let it bottom drink for a little while. Yeah. And she needed to cut it all back. Well, I think one of the mistakes people make, too, is when they start, you become over attentive yes and a lot of plants need to yes chill and that was my problem and that was my problem initially when i first started to to pick up gardening and 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 indoor gardening is i always thought it needed more than it needed and i killed them that's how everybody has their different way of approaching how they might have failed in the beginning and it is okay to fail you just have to i know it was it was like that this was that was the very first attempt that I was like, you know what, I'm actually going to keep this alive. Like I'm actually going to put attention into this and and put an effort in. And it failed, which is okay because it was the actual first time that I put intent into a plant instead of just being like, yeah, I got a plant. You know, there there's a huge difference between I have a plant and yeah, I got a plant. <laughs> yeah, you know, true. there's it there is really a big difference. And so yeah, it failed, but now I learned a lot. So now I got this new ivy. Cat and I went out to yeah Walmart. And <laughs> here in new jersey and they had the weakest selection ever. yeah i mean and i try uh, and avoid walmart at all costs regardless oh my god do you know who we got my first plant with it was that long ago is club club this was caleb oh this was first. it was that long ago and it like uh, during the pandemic yeah, it was the yeah. very beginning of the pandemic when I was just like, I need something to care for. <laughs> and so now we've got we've got Ivy round two and she's doing okay. Mm-hmm. And I've got a succulent that it's like it's it, it's one of the pointy ones that, that kind of looks like agave. Yep. And like it all of the tips are dying, but the rest of it is very lush and like very dark green. What color are the very tips? healthy? Brown and like decaying. Like they're they're like nothing. So you're overwatering like, very, it. I barely water that motherfucker. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. What do you mean by barely? Barely. You only need I to mean, water like, it I once a month. I remember like once a month. Yeah. From the top or the bottom? Yeah. Oh, I remember it's there. Like I'm that was like, going to oh, be my guy. next question. That was going to be my next question. From the top or the bottom? Uh, top. Bottom. It's in like. How the fuck? It's in a glass terrarium. All I'm succulents. Water it from the bottom. All succulents want to be watered from the bottom. I, I don't know how the fuck I'm supposed to do that in the terrarium that was sold to me as a succulent terrarium. Oh, it's a terrarium? <laughs> yeah, well, you, you it- once again were there for this purchase because you're the only person I'm ever like comfortable enough to buy life with. Hold on, <laughs> like, so like, is it an open terrarium too? 
it's that like hexagonal one it's open and yeah. then it's got like the op- like it's closed except for a hexagon opening exactly that but one it's still hexagon open. opening that would be interesting you have to send me some pictures and i might be able to help you with that okay because mind well, you uh, mind yeah. you there's not enough time to talk about it in this episode but based i know that i've just said i've killed a lot of things and it took me a long process to get here but that this has been like a six seven no since like 2012 is when i started really diving into plants and i failed for quite a few years i failed 10 years bro i failed for quite a few years and it took it, it did i was one of those people it wasn't a, i wasn't a natural at it but i had such ambition like i i knew mm-hmm. that it was what i wanted and i was able that's why i'm a great gardener because once again succulents i kill and you know not anymore so much but i have the tendency and that's why i'm such a good gardener is because i i tend to over nurture um and so in regards to the house plants and whatnot where my passion and where a lot of my experience lies tends to actually be with the gardening aspect of it but house plants the greenery it's it's very similar to what Jason's got going on here, but the difference between you and I is that I've moved around a lot and I've lost a lot of plants in re- in regards to like lighting. Like one of my previous homes had almost no lighting in it, and by the time I had moved there, I had moved from like a bedroom that had one window and to this place that had barely any lighting and it was too cold to put any of my plants outside. It was just all oh poor timing. Um, and now I live in a place where I can keep things relatively consistent. So I expect the next few years are going to be pretty, pretty lucrative in regards to life. But um, are either of you looking at growing vegetables this year? I That's um, funny you mentioned that, actually, because, oh, we, we were looking at this together when we were in line um, at Disney, when we were talking about rooftop gardening. Yes. Because I yes. do have um, yes. a little rooftop. She has a whole right... roof that like you, she could grow things on, yes. I mean, I can't, like, actually access the roof. I can basically open up you my bedroom window, the and window. there's a roof there. And, I yeah, there's not, like, stairs to it or anything. I can, I can be a real creep. But I looked up, and there was, like, uh, squash is a really good, which I love squash. So I know that would be something that I wouldn't just well, grow and be like, oh, I've done a good job. I wrong, can but give I you some. Use. I can give you some advice on squash. Okay, great. Give squash. Squash, you could start now, or you can start in the late uh, in late June. Um, it's cold hardy, so it survives as like a seedling um, before the last frost and also after the last frost. So it can survive um, nearing the end of October before you even you know pull it out. Um, but you can also put it in the ground before. Like, say, for like right now, in April in Maine. You know, you can put it outside, squash. And, um, it's hit and miss. I wouldn't put it out necessarily now, but it would survive. And the reason being is because squash is a water-heavy plant. And so you need to be able to water it a tremendous amount. And if you haven't reached the last frosts, you have a risk of freezing the plant. But as a piece of advice... Um, you're going to probably want one of those five gallon buckets, the five, like the, the fiber buckets that they have, yep. the little fabric buckets. Um, you want to mix it ideally with like a nice light compost, fertilized, regular garden topsoil mix. Um, you want to have it have full sun 
and you want to overwater it in the summer months. You want like overwater. You want it to be draining okay. out the bottom. That can be said so, of tomatoes and um, melons and peppers. Any vegetable that is a water base that th- that that grows because of all of the moisture that it is able to pull in are obviously better after the cold. But you can seedling them now because you're, they're not actually flowering and fruiting. So, like, what could you? grow in my apartment like in an urban setting for vegetables no outdoor space i don't have any grow lights other than my full spectrum so based on what you have here right now yeah what can i like grow and eat so um lots of herbs kitchen herbs kitchen herbs and spices easy go um and a lot more a lot more beneficial than you might think lettuce Lettuce is a a, a, a multi-season crop. It does well in the fall and in the summer. Um, it requires a tremendous amount of watering. And once it's reached a certain point, you cut it back and it continues to grow back. Okay. So it's one of those things where if you started it now as seedlings and you kept it inside and you kept it in one of those nice round, like low pots, um, as it blossoms up and grows, probably by the end of June, you could probably, you could cut it. And then by the end of August, you would have more to be able to pull from it. And it's a constantly regenerating crop until it gets too cold. Um, So lettuce is great. The reason I say that tomatoes and peppers especially are very hard to grow inside is because they require full sun. It's not just that they require some light. They require full sun and they require a tremendous amount of water. That's how they grow. So like you want it like once again, similar to that of the squash, you want the water to be running out the bottom. If you're using it in a pot or fabric, um, fabric buckets. Um, and so that's kind of hard to grow inside. So vegetable wise, I'd say lettuce, your herbs herbs and your spices, you can grow some peppers. So like your hot peppers, Okay. You could grow hot and peppers. And you don't need those super expensive, like, I can't remember the name of it, but those, like, things that you, you know, you'd see the infomercials for them all the time. They're super expensive, like those, like, pots that you put on your, your counter yes. and you throw all of them. Yes. You don't, need, you don't those. need those. It doesn't take something as, you could, as, as insane as that. You could, outside your door here, mm-hmm. you could put a nice hook up there and you could actually grow strawberries. Oh, okay. And that would have full sun. That wouldn't be, like, your apartment. Um... Let's see. Let's see. Chives. You could probably you could grow chives pretty well indoors. Um, it's hard because tomatoes and peppers are like the fruits of everything. Right. You can't grow cucumbers. You can't grow anything on a vine inside. You I'm could fine. with the proper amount of lighting, yeah. but you don't have hot light in here. You don't have your your full sun. Mm. You could grow a lot of flowers. Um, but let me think here. Um, Broccoli, no broccoli needs full sun. Yep. A lot, and the, that's what's kind of that's what's kind of the hard part about the indoor growing. That's why it's great for house plants. It's great for flowers, succulents, um, and some spices. You know, some of your 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 kitchen witch spices, as some would call it. But to eat, you would probably have to get a nice heat lamp. You'd probably have to get something that could provide the heat and the moisture, so the humidity that those plants need so tomatoes they need humidity uh, the, t- the you know uh, potatoes you could probably do potatoes but that's a hot how? mess how? Potatoes i are said it underground. i said it would be a hot mess because you can because 
Because <laughs> you could technically grow anything indoors. Well, you can, but hear me out with potatoes. The potatoes is all about layering. So let's say, for instance, you start with, you put your potato seeds in, you wait until they grow a little bit. And once they grow, they start to stock up. The idea of the potato is that you continue putting soil and your manure mixture around them as it grows. And what happens is, is there's a clump of potatoes that grows at the bottom and then you put a layer of soil on and then it grows up and then it produces another round of potatoes. It grows up, you put more soil around it, it produces another round of potatoes until it stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks. It does need full sun, but it doesn't necessarily, certain potato breed, like certain potato species and specimens there don't need to have a tremendous amount of heat and moisture. Like you can grow them indoors you can grow small potatoes indoors mm -hmm. and you can do that it's just a hot mess in regards to the size of the of the issue but yeah yeah Sounds so like so for you so for you well no kitchen spices kitchen spice which is which is more than enough yeah, herbs or because yeah. if they get kitchen too much sun they herbs. burn and so there's some benefits to being able to grow them indoors. And you have wonderful windowsills that you can hang things off of and still get full sun during the day. That's true. So it really does depend. But yeah, well, no, nice. unfortunately, you're not going to get the prime of... Window boxes are also... Um, if you have the right windows to be able to do that, you can also put like window boxes outside of your windows. Yeah. What about you, you know, lady? But not, not just for flowers. Like A lot of people use them as flowers, but you could do... To be honest with you, I'm all about the flowers. But um, to wrap up what we're doing here, Lainey, do you, is there anything that you'd like to start growing or anything that you're curious about that I might be able to help you with? I mean, I there's so much. Like I like I said, I I, I wish that I had that exact wall that Jason has. Like that is ideal. So nice. What I would love in front of that because I have a giant fucking window in my living room. It's fucking huge. But it really I have two is big. Asshole cats. That will destroy everything. You have a bay they, window. They love it. And, it, yeah. And so my biggest problem is just everything basically has to be high up or filled up enough that the cats can't jump onto it. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's it's really it's In that window, <laughs> I've, I've been in that house a lot. And I, you could grow strawberries in, inside your home. Yeah, no, it, it's an insanely giant window, and it's fantastic, and I can't utilize it. Or at least, with my limited knowledge, I can't utilize it. I'm well, pretty sure I use... messaged you the other day and was yeah. just like, please help me. You could use natural <laughs> remedies, but sometimes they don't always work, such as cayenne pepper mm. and lemon. You know, and you can spray... I have a giant orange, like, it's an orange peel spray. It's all natural. I have a mint spray for these cats. They don't give a fuck. They're they just don't give like, a shit. Oh, they don't you want to deter me? Let me hang out here more. They're such assholes. I love them so much. I love them so much. I definitely think that that um, that this uh, topic, especially in discussing amongst friends, like what we can do to kind of make our garden life more flourishing, is definitely that's a whole nother episode in itself. And I think that we're probably going to do one in the middle of summer, kind of check in on where things are in the garden. Since I'll fill you guys in on where I, I am and. Check in on where your house plants are at, um, but we definitely we definitely have filled up enough of this episode to oh yeah be able to push off whatever we have for the next one. Oh, Romo, 
I know. Yeah, no, it's... And even... I know it's silly, but just the one ivy plant I have, sometimes when I'm just, like, sitting on the couch and I feel blah, like, just looking up at that one plant and seeing how long its arms have gotten and how many times I can wrap it around and, you know, yeah. where it's growing, it makes me feel better. Just you have a it. creeping ivy. It does help. Mm-hmm. Like, it really does help my, my own mental health to just be like, well, it's good to take oh, care of there you are. Else. I'm looking at your it plants, is. Jason, yeah. and I'm trying to see if she has the same ivy, but she does. So her ivy is a creeping ivy. I see that you, you have, like, an Irish ivy in here, and you have... I don't know if you have an... No, you do not have an English ivy. But you do have an Irish ivy, and... But, um... Well, that's a pothos over there, but... Elena has, um... Lainey has a creeping yep. ivy, which is, it's very hardy. The leaves itself are hard and tough. Um, great it's for, a good starter plant. It's great for growing <laughs> on the side of buildings. It's, it's great for growing on the side of buildings, to be honest with you. It's used, it's used architecturally. Even though, even though a lot of people in their right mind would not let ivy grow on the side oh of bricks God. because it destroys bricks. But Oh my God, the town it is that pretty. I work in now... It looks like a village of witches. Like, everything is, like, steeple-shaped and uh, just thriving with ivy growing everywhere. And everything is brick. I, I just, it feels like I'm in the middle of, like, a coven. And I love it. There's, um... It's fantastic. When I go, when I go through um, Concord, New Hampshire, that's kind of what I feel like. Because there's nothing but antique stores and flea markets as far as the eye can see. Oh, I'll have to take some pictures of these homes and you're going to be yeah. super jealous and want to live. Yeah. In I Germany. wanted to be able to, th- during this episode, I wanted to be able to talk about some interesting flowers and things that one could grow um, along their perimeter. Um, something that's been new to Maine, just, just as a last statement here, something that's been new to Maine that's been really fun to to grow um, along perimeters um, in fronts of homes are hollyhocks. Oh, yeah. And you can get black hollyhocks. And they're, they grow, they flourish in Connecticut. And so if they can flourish in Connecticut, they can flourish here in Maine, in my opinion. So. Same thing. Yeah. Same place. I mean, have you ever seen a hemlock? You know how they of have course. those dark, dark, dark leaves? The hollyhock is just like this brightly, purpley black flower mm. that grows in a bush similar to the how and it kind of in the leaves droop like that of a hemlock and yeah it's gorgeous oh it's gorgeous and when i have the appropriate amount of property and i know it's mine and i'm going to be staying there for a long time i cannot tell you the amount of life i'm going to grow it's it's going to be phenomenal (laughs) yeah I'm already like it's not even my property yet but um i'm planting a willow tree with dad this fall because you're supposed to do it in the in the fall in the early fall yeah and so i'm i'm already starting my sanctuary my retirement sanctuary now i'm not even 30 years old and i'm starting my sanctuary of like where i'm gonna go to like read my books and I have my alone time would... and meditate i am starting it now getting that tree a growing dude so you need more than one because i plan to be there with you how about we create a circle oh, okay we need a circle we need a circle <laughs> a of willow trees, willow trees. And in 40 years when we're 80 and we're dying of something terminal, we can just die there on the ground. There we go. We're buried in... Yeah, we're right there. Yeah. Let the mycelium come. Let the mycelium take us. us. (laughs) I love it. Full circle. Full 
circle. Well, we have we have filled out enough time for this episode. Unfortunately, it, is, it has yes. gotten a little bit long. Um, I really would love to see Jason There's come so back and just talk about something else. In fact, I just want to point out that Jason here is a remarkable photographer. Oh remarkable God, a wealth of knowledge not just a wealth of knowledge but his his work has been featured in a lot of really prominent places and so i'd love for you to be able to plug your your stuff here and just let people know where they can find a lot of your artwork well thank you uh, my website probably yeah. uh jay and I will make sure that that is in our description. Um, you really should check out his work. He's really, he, yeah, he's not like upselling himself enough. Like, really, go check out. He's his very shit. casual. It's gorgeous. Right now. It's it's beautiful. He has go a wonderful do it. eye. He's You're done a, he's, love he's, it. He's, he's done a lot of wonderful fashion photography and a lot of beauty work. Um, he's done nature, but he works right now for himself. Um, and a lot of his works we get to see here locally in Maine. And magazines and catalogs and on labels of things and so i'm very proud of him a fucking he really doesn't he really doesn't so sell himself as as big as he should but i feel like all the fancy people never do that because they just know that they're they never good. do because yeah. they know because they already know both very sweet and kind. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> remarkable and um i would love uh say it to again. be able to have you back um for a more art for a more Please. artistic episode yeah. And to maybe pick your brain a little bit, especially when it comes to photography and what you do and how you work from home and how you are such a successful individual at your age and everything that you've done. It's just especially I'm very because proud of you. Especially because of where we come from. And I don't, I feel like a lot of people who come from small towns, like we all have that innate feeling of just being like well we come from nowhere so where the hell are we gonna go like how are we gonna make anything this is of me ourselves? this is what it's i really do really hard like, it's very yeah. it's very it's a very humbling this is what experience. my daddy did yeah. so this is what i'm doing you know it's yeah. very like we come from from that area of you know of life of just very small living in small town and farming communities and for somebody to be able to not only like Become as successful and do as incredible things as you're doing, but also staying within the state and making that like a name for yourself in within well, our state and not feeling like you have to leave and like get out of here, but being able to you're making our state better and I appreciate My God, that. I'm <laughs> yeah. Well not and, and 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 beyond that, like you don't really hear about many wonderful artists from Maine enough. You know, most not of the enough. time. There are so the many time, of them. Um it, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a there's a big humble nature to folks who come out of the state, um, and I think that you're bigger and better than this place. Um, but the fact that you're still here, I am very grateful for, considering exactly. that everybody else has left. Um, me too. But you you're are stuck with me. you are um, yeah you are <laughs> yeah. But you are really setting a precedence for artists amongst Portland, Maine, and I'm very proud to have you as my friend. Thank you. Absolutely, it is it is. Um, Really so fantastic. All of the links, um, sites, and resources that we've talked about during this episode will be in our, um, in the description of our episode. Um, I hope that you yeah. guys really enjoyed yourself. Um, this was a long episode, but really yeah, invited. We had a lot to talk about. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm very pleased with what I've learned about mycelium today, and I am absolutely enamored to learn more. So thank you, Lainey. You are welcome, and I can't wait to actually like. <laughs> 
take the take the step and have more plants and do more. Hopefully, uh, nothing that'll kill my cats. But and I'm it's really definitely going to be something that we'll touch on in a, in, in a month or two. You know, we'll see where we're. Oh, I'm going to be contacting you every step of the way yeah. to make sure I'm doing everything properly. So. And if anybody has any other questions, I know I didn't, I wasn't, you know, necessarily super informative, but I am a wealth of knowledge and I do love helping people garden. So, if you ever have yeah. any questions, you know exactly how to get a hold of us. We're at Contagious Curiosity Pod. Uh, at gmail.com you can find us on instagram as well and of course if you'd like us to cover any specific topics that's how you'd get a hold of us absolutely the gmail is really the best place to go um yeah and come and follow us on instagram we've already said we don't have a facebook we have technically a twitter but like don't do anything and we don't and we don't do facebook so yeah. We're really bad at this, but hey, we're doing our best. We're doing our best. We're doing great. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So yeah, either search at Cat and Laney. That's K A T A N D L A N E Y on Instagram, or just Contagious Curiosity, and you will find us. I promise. Look for that zombie hand holding a light bulb. That's us. Yes. All and right. we love you Thanks, all so guys. much. Thank you yeah. so much for listening. Honestly. All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye.